Welcome to Tech on Reg, the podcast that explores all things at the intersection of law, technology, and high regulated industry. We're talking fintech, regtech, sextech, and more with thought leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world to share insights, trade viewpoints, and get us all thinking about responsible innovation. And here is your host, Dara Tukowski. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tech on Reg, the podcast that explores all things at the intersection of law, technology, and highly regulated industry. I'm your host, Dara Tarkowski. Before we get into today's episode, thank you once again to our sponsor, BAI, the industry's leading provider of education and training for the financial services industry. Be sure to check out the newest additions to the non-bank curriculum at BAI.org. Thanks again. Again for making today's episode possible. On today's episode, we have Cody Owens. And get excited, everyone, because this is Cody's official podcast debut. I promised I would go easy on him. But Cody is the CEO of Equably. Equably is an organization that consolidates, simplifies, and optimizes the debt recovery process and generates better experiences and outcomes for you, creditors, and consumers. Cody. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Really excited to be here. Awesome. So Cody, um, you've been working in the receivables management industry, the debt space for a really long time. Uh, Tell us about what brought you to the industry initially. Sure. So I've been in consumer financial services for about just over 20 years. Um, Started out in Wells Fargo and uh, HSBC and uh, was really excited about my future career opportunities at HSBC and then 2008 hit um, and I worked in the auto division. Uh, So we think it's quite easy to tell where that went. Um, And I found myself uh, that year now interviewing at a company called Encore Capital Group, which is the largest debt buyer um, in the world and uh, spent- Also also uh, one one of the only two publicly traded companies in the space, right? Yes, yes. Um, so spent the better part of 12 years at Encore in various capacities. Um, and most recently, for the better part of really the majority of the time there, uh, I've been abroad helping optimize and transform businesses that we bought in South America and Europe and, uh, and had a great time doing that. So um, about a year and a half ago, was talking to some ex-colleagues um, uh, from Encore and, and other spaces and was exploring opportunities in um, in the debt management arena. And uh, that's how we spun up Equably. So you decided that you were going to leave the, the comfort, the security of a very large publicly traded company that let you live abroad for... For, mm-hmm. for a nice chunk of time. I think you I think you had mentioned to me uh, that you actually uh, had a child abroad while you were working with Encore, right? Yes. So super cool. Yeah, my wife did. <laughs> we, 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 it's a collect, it's a group effort. It's a group effort as, yeah, as a woman. Yeah. I like, I like to say yeah, that we, sure. you know, um, that we started our family, <laughs> but, yeah. but this, this is a big move, right? So what, what prompted you to say, you know, I'm going to put words in your mouth for a second, like to hell with it. I'm, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur now. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a good question. And, um, I don't know how succinct of an answer I can give, but I'll just 
I'll just speak from the heart. High, so, yeah, high level. You know, I, Heart's always good. I, I had a so I, I I'm so incredibly grateful for the opportunities that I had um, working at Encore, and I was able to step in and inherit, um, you know, multiple businesses and figure out how to transform and optimize those businesses, and and that's fun. And I had a, had a blast doing it, and I'm quite good at it. Um, and but I I always wanted to build something from scratch. It's a very different experience. Yeah. And um and and I had been thinking about that for a, 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 some time, I should say. Uh, but didn't have too much time to think about it. We were very busy transforming <laughs> businesses um, in Spain. So uh, when the opportunity presented itself, it was also kind of right in the middle of of COVID. Um, my son was one year uh, one year old at that point. Uh, it just was kind of the perfect storm, the perfect time to start thinking about big life changes, I guess. Like everything was just, I had a new lens to look through life. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I was you know, getting older, but I'm not too old. And so it just felt like the right time to take a risk, if you will. Um, the partners that I'm working with are, you know, folks that I've worked for and have admired uh, for a very long time. They really have shaped um, the kind of leader I am today. And so, you know, it's not every day you just get an opportunity to kind of work with folks like that again, do something that you, that was a big need and you really believe in it. Um, and then to have kind of all your personal life circumstances also kind of just align. It made sense to come back to the U.S. Sure. Uh, to be closer to grandparents and things like that. So it, just everything kind of checked the boxes. Well, you just mentioned a need. Um, and that uh, that mm -hmm. the industry had a need. So I guess give us a little bit more information about what that need was um, and then really why Equably was was created and what problem you and your team are trying to solve. Yeah, so you know when we think about the debt management space, it's a very important part of the financial ecosystem. Um, can you say can you say that again for the regulators in the back? <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a very, very important part of the financial ecosystem. But, um, you know, unfortunately, it remains relatively antiquated. Um, and it's while there's a lot of new kind of technology and service providers entering the space, it's just it's just an incredibly fragmented market. And um, and, you know, if you think about I'll, I'll give you a parallel. So. As I think about Equably, let me just start with with this. So think about Equably. Um, I I most compare it to Shopify. So the, it's the Shopify of debt collection, because if you think about Shopify, it allows anyone who wants to start an e-commerce business to do it in a single location. Right? They can go to a platform and they can build an entire e-commerce business on that platform. And Equible or Shopify allows them to do that through their core platform and some product offerings that they own, and then through um, really solid integrations with, with other third-party providers to complete that value chain. And that's essentially what Equibly is for the debt collection space or the debt management space, you know, allowing any, a one-stop shop for anyone with receivables and arrears to, basic, to, to manage them, in a sense. That is, that's, what we're, that's what we're setting out to, to become. And why that's important is a few reasons. One, consumer debt has risen 11 consecutive quarters to about $15.6 trillion. 
I think in Q4 of last year, credit card balances increased like 52 billion, something like that. And that was the, if I read it correctly, that was the largest quarterly increase in a 22 year history of the New York Fed data. Yeah, the, st- um, the stimulus money didn't solve all those problems, did they? Didn't solve all those problems, nope. yeah. And, and so while, while delinquency and default rates remain really low, you know, several factors suggest that they're, that, that that's gonna change. Um, and that, you know, uh, an increase is coming in, in both delinquencies and eventually defaults. So, you know, uh, debt has increased in all forms during the pandemic, leaving a lot of households in financially uh, precarious situations. Stimulus and accommodation programs have faded and can kind of no longer mask and delay the impact of COVID. High inflation is now going to result in um, interest rate hikes, which is going to make it harder for Americans to pay back their their debts. Um, you know, in the auto space, for example, uh, heightened vehicle values and monthly payments are expected to disrupt the low the low delinquencies. Regulations increasing. What in the space? What regulations? Yeah, increasing. believe it or not, yeah. I'm shocked. And, and, we'll get and to that. Is, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Not necessarily a bad thing, by the way, but it, it is making it harder to collect in traditional means, mm-hmm. which is is both good and bad. And then, you know, most, I think more, more importantly, like consumer preferences are changing, right? The, the old way of collecting is increasingly less effective. And So what's the new um, way? What's the new way, Cody? What is the equably way? Yeah. So, so what we're I've just coined that do, term, like, by you, the way, the equably way. You can thank like you it, can yeah, thank so me later. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Perfect. Trademark. Trademark. That's right. Um. So, you know, we we believe that creditors need to be prepared, but many aren't. And also, there's this whole there's this whole new, you know, component. Uh, all these new lenders, right? You got the fintechs, you got the alternative lenders and stuff. And so, and they've been very very growth focused, and so and and haven't thought about what what you do with your delinquencies or your or your defaults and so they're definitely many of them are definitely not prepared and they to, they have basically three options they do nothing there's pros and cons to that <laughs> um, they sell their debt which is a viable termination strategy but I think it's important to understand what you give up especially if you sell it too early so for example um, you know a, a good debt buyer can t- turn around and get a, you know, many multiples on that, on, on whatever price they pay for that. So there's meat on the bone. Second, they, those consumers are in, that are, you know, post charge off are in a, are behaving in a way and sending very important signals that again, intelligent debt buyers can leverage to enhance their collection capabilities. But imagine being able to take those insights up the value chain as a creditor and, using them in your underwriting or your product development, and you relinquish that if you sell too early. And then the third is, um, uh, you know, everyone's fighting tooth and nail for origination volume these days, and there are consumers, even those that have kind of gone beyond your charge-off policies as a creditor, that are re- can be rehabilitated and, you know, you know lent to, again, in, in, some, in one way or another. And so... Um, I just I just caution against defaulting to debt sale because we think it's easier because the price is high today. You know, you got to understand what you're giving up. Doesn't mean it's not a viable solution at some point, a viable strategy at some point. Then the third solution is servicing, like having some sort of capability to actually service these consumers and help these consumers. The latter is the clear choice to me, 
but it requires creditors today to piecemeal solutions together. I mentioned the fragmentation of the market. So you have to figure out how, you know, third-party agencies you're going to work with and law firms and how to vet them and how to audit them and performance manage them. What system are you going to put them on? How are you going to create placement files and data manage and what's, uh, what analytics are you going to put around it? And it's just, it's a very complex value chain that you have to piece together today. So there are a few things that I that I heard you talk about. I want to, before we get into sort of the, the whole servicing and management part, which is like, honestly, like it could be its own episode all by itself. It could be like a week's mm-hmm. worth of episodes all by itself. Um, I want to yeah, go yeah. back to what you were talking about before in terms of creditors and originators and that decision point, right? And figuring out if we have no program or plan yet for what we're going to do with our delinquencies or potential charge-offs and putting a program together around that, based on what I, I know about Equibly so far is you're actually a really valuable partner to those creditors in order to provide them that analysis, in order to guide those decisions, whatever whatever they may be, um, and putting together that analysis for them so that they can make an educated decision about the type of recovery program that they want. And while it may, Am I am I wrong about that? Not at all. That's that's correct. Yeah. To me, it seems like there's a consultative aspect of of what you guys do uh, for your poten- your clients and potential clients. Then there's the, and I want to get into this too because this is a tech unreg episode, uh, show, and I want to talk about mm-hmm. the technology that you guys have built to to aid. Um, there's an actual piece of technology intelligence algorithms that you guys have put all of your decades and decades of experience into to help guide and drive these decisions based on not only your experiences, but just like poop tons of data, like like all of this mm-hmm. data. And then the last piece of it is I think what we were what we were about to venture into, which was the actual let me take all of this stress off your plate and give you this like one-stop solution for how to service all of this so you don't have to go vet 87,000 other vendors that you know any other run-of-the-mill collection agency has to sort of Frankenstein together to put together a comprehensive uh, collections business. That's right. So that's, yeah. a, that's a lot, Cody. That's a lot of stuff that you guys do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. At the end of the day, Equibly is the becomes an extension of the creditor's business. So it's essentially the debt management extension of the business. And it, it, to your point, I think it starts with there. There are kind of multiple components. So the the consultative approach is important because you know we have a, about 150 years of combined domain experience, and uh, and I think we can we can help find the value in the portfolio, we can help analyze your consumers and uh, determine the right life cycle strategies at a consumer level. And that's where the predictive analytics engine comes in. It's, it's, you know, it's very important to be able to match. I, I, I like to say that we place consumers, not accounts. Got so it. we want to look at the propensity of a consumer. And we want to determine based on this particular consumer and all the signals they're sending us, um, and all the all the predictive analytics that we can do on that consumer. What is the right pathway? Should you do nothing with this consumer because it, you know it's just going to create complaints and disputes? And it's the wrong thing. Or should you service them? If you service them, 
what is the right channel? And within that channel, what is the right solution based on that consumer's preferences and an existing situation? Should it go to an agency? Which agency? And eventually, with enough data, which agent at that agency is best suited to handle this specific consumer at this specific time? Okay. Is the consumer... Yes. I was going to say, I've controlled myself about as long as I'm capable of controlling myself. I want to talk about the engine sure. and the predictive analytics that you suggested because there is so much, right? Everything that you just described is so specific and so data-driven. And there's other service providers out there that I think like sort of like scratch at little at little bits and pieces of what you're talking about, but they don't come at it, I think, from the perspective that you guys do. So talk to me about the Equably engine. Talk to me about literally like the brain and the proprietary technology that makes you guys real freaking special. Yeah, so so again, you know, the 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 platform has kind of various components. The first being the, the, the analytic engine, what we call the EQ engine. Um, and it essentially, you know, it, t- it takes all of the all of the predictive models that we built in our in our past lives to that, you know, to really determine how best to service a, a, a particular consumer, whether it's through direct mail or through digital means or through whether it's to litigate the consumer or to do nothing, you know, o- over a better part of a twenty year period, we built many many predictive models to be very very precise in how to engage consumers and how to engage consumers. And, um, and so, you know, we, we, we start from a relatively advanced state. And so we can ingest, you know, new data uh, from a particular client. And in a relatively quick manner, we can start to learn a lot about their consumers. And we can, as I mentioned earlier, determine how best to engage this consumer throughout the multi-channel solution set and then within those solutions um, you know based on that consumer's preference and, and situation and we do that by ingesting through by leveraging the data we receive from the clients by enriching that with exogenous data and then by reinforcing learnings through machine learning with all of the activity data that comes back through the servicing channels into the platform and so it's constantly getting smarter and more precise so that we can adjust either you know consumers that are currently in the in the system that haven't cured out yet or obviously future inventory that comes in so you have to execute that which is the the, the next important piece like analytics on its own is useless you have to be able to operationalize and and execute and so we built software that takes that decisioning and helps us in a highly automated fashion, a high, very compliant fashion, uh, place those accounts out through a multi-channel solution set, and that those solutions, you know, the DCAs and things like that, are um, equipped or will be equipped with new digital technology that we're providing, machine learning that's driving the personalization and the customization of that digital stuff. So we have a digital-first approach. Um, and we're also trying to ensure that uh, all the data that's flowing back and forth as, it's, as those accounts are being serviced is constantly being filtered through a compliance layer so that you, the creditor now not only has a first line of defense with the agencies that are working on their behalf, but a second line of defense with all the data passing through equitably and making sure that 7 to 7 rule is you know, 
there's no eighth calls in a rolling seven day period, for example, and things like that. Well, it sounds so it's like it's highly compliant platform. It sounds like the solution is sort of wins for everybody all around. So from the creditor's perspective, you're winning because you're getting the best and most useful data about what the strategy vis-a-vis uh, -vis your uh, recovery program or recoveries should be. It, even if you're a debt buyer, you're you're getting the same, right? Like. Let, let's pretend that like you encounter a situation and stuff's already been charged off and sold. Uh, a debt buyer can just as easily um, uh, benefit from all of the analytics and decisioning that the engine performs. Correct. And then it also sounds like in this last piece that for the agencies that become part of the platform, it it's actually helping them become better agents. It's helping them become better agents yeah, I mean, as well. Yeah, exactly. That's the goal. Whether it's whether it's you know, leveraging our analytic prowess and engine to help to help test and try new strategies, or you know, increase efficiencies, or whether it's leveraging technology that we're providing to streamline certain processes, or to be digitally capable. Like I mentioned earlier, that's definitely the plan. That same technology, by the way, can be provided directly for the clients that want to provide that want to keep some of the services in house. Um, this happens sometimes with pre-charge off. They, they'd want to handle that in-house for various reasons, but they may not have digital capabilities or an intelligence engine helping them make decisions to optimize those pre-charge off strategies. Because Equibly is, again, that comprehensive end-to-end -end debt management solution, at the point of delinquency and forward, we can, we can optimize, right, period. So you mentioned before, uh, you commented about how the engine assists either the creditor or the agent or whoever is going to be interacting with the engine make the best decisions about how to engage with a particular consumer. And the how is really mm -hmm. very interesting to me. And I'm going to tie it back into the new regulation. So Reg F went into effect. Listeners, for those of you, if you're listening to my show, you've heard me talk about Reg F ad nauseum, so I apologize. If you are <laughs> just listening for the first time because you desperately wanted to hear Cody Owens' podcast debut, then I'm going to remind you that Regulation F was the regulation that went into effect, uh, issued by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau on November 30th, 2021. And it was the first, first ever set of rules and regulations uh, drafted on the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, which was a statute passed in the 70s. And for decades and decades and decades, the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act had no rules or regulations drafted under it. Um, so we waited half a century and now we have them. Um, but it was a big deal and very, very disruptive. And what the reason I bring it up is because I think it's, very, very important when we're talking about a product and offerings like Equably has, because the one of the main, main focuses of Regulation F was about consumer preferences and how best to engage with consumers, the new consumer, the consumer of today, not the consumer of 50 years ago, who the only way you could communicate with them was by you know calling them on their landline uh, wired phone tethered to the wall or sending them a letter in the mail. Consumers today are far savvier. We're all interacting with our financial institutions in different ways. So Reg F and the regulators were like, no, we are going to put together rules about digital communications. We want a respect for consumer preferences. And most of the industry was just like not there yet at all. Like they couldn't wrap their heads around like, 
proper and robust ways to email in a compliant matter, to use SMS in a compliant mm -hmm. matter, the, the chatbot features and all of these things that other financial institutions have been doing for a real, real long time, the debt collection industry just hadn't because there were no clear rules and like everyone loves to sue the industry like yeah. over and over again. So Cody's your comment about figuring out the right and best way to engage with consumers to me is completely consistent with the newest regulatory trends, which sort of like it, it sort of beat me to the next question that I wanted to ask you, which was how does Equibly's engine offering and all of the services being provided actually enhance compliance in like a 360 degree way? Yeah, so, you know, one, one, I think important distinction is that like, there, there are um, tech-forward solutions today in this in the space, which is great. That are that are tr trying to leverage consumer preference and to to enhance engagement, which is great. But unfortunately, it's you know for generally limited periods of time for certain balance ranges. And if it, in I think the one big differentiator for Equibly is. We're doing that across the entire life cycle of that consumer, and 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 that means multiple channels, not just digital, for example. Uh, and so, you know, to to I guess to bring it into my first answer for for your compliance question is one of the ways that I think it enhances compliance is by de decreasing risk because you are consolidating data and you are able to better manage that data and it provides a higher level of continuity with that data and you can leverage that um, to better understand uh, a consumer's needs, you know, wants and, and, and preferences. Um, it also, that consolidation of the data, I think provides just much more visibility and oversight. This is a, you know, as a ex operator, or I guess I'm not an ex operator, I'm a current operator as well. Super, but, you're like a super operator now because you're operating all the things. I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I have a great team of much better operators than I am, but um, the, uh, you know, visibility is, is, is so critically important. And it's one of the, one of the biggest complaints I hear talking to uh, clients. Is that you know, especially when outsourcing, you just you just lose you lose in, you don't get the insight, and so it's not just about performance reporting, but we spent an enormous amount of time around just our compliance reporting. So that whole compliance layer I mentioned, you know, that all results in in uh, digestible data or like back to the back to the creditor, so that you know what's happening, you can you can figure out what the um, actionable variables are quickly and 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 take appropriate action. And then lastly, that I think just, again, this, the theme of centralization and simplification and streamlining just gives you better control, right? If you, if you do that, then you can embed, it's easier to embed and automate and, and, and control what's happening on the platform. Well, Cody, what's in it for the consumers? We always want to be, make sure that we're maximizing the, the returns, the MPV for the client, and that we're liquidating accounts that our, our platform you know, helps facilitate and accelerate liquidation but only if we're optimizing the outcomes for the consumers for all the reasons I mentioned earlier, the consumer centricity is, is, is very important, not only from a compliance perspective, but these are consumers that, you know, need to come back into the lending ecosystem at some point. And so it's about figuring out how to get them on the path of financial recovery and just doing what's right for them. The only way to really do that 
is by having an intimate understanding of their needs and wants and preferences. And the only way to do that is through robust data and analytics. And so I think, you know, the first thing is what's in it for the consumers is it's a, there's a tailored um, consumer centric approach over the life cycle of that particular consumer. I think there's more optionality and modern conveniences up, up supplied to that consumer. So we're trying to match them with the right channel based on their propensity and preferences and provide them with flexible options within. And uh, again, this is why I think we, we try to adopt and push a digital first approach uh, first and foremost, but digital alone is not enough in this space, as we know, especially in later stages. And so, and I think the last thing, I mean, there's lots of things, but just to keep it short, I think the other piece is continuity. So when you're on a centralized platform or eventually potentially, you know, an ecosystem, there's, there's the benefit of, 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 I guess, continuity for that consumer versus being bounced around with, you know, various owners of the debt and various agencies and stuff like that, even though there might, they might be placed through various channels when it's done through, you know, a centralized platform like Equibillion is done in an intelligent way. It, it, it should be a more seamless um, uh, transition and a better experience for the consumer. Yeah, just, you know, just you go back to the simple tenets of, you know, design and, you know, you're putting together a piece of software, you're putting together whatever, but a better user experience, even when it doesn't end up in the exact outcome that you want, a better user experience is still a better user experience and less likely to sure. result in, in complaints. and. I think it's really exciting what you guys are, are putting together. There definitely is not another company in the space doing what you're doing. So Cody, for my listeners who want to learn more about Equably or talk to you or, or figure out a way to collaborate, um, what should they do? Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest thing is you can go to Equably.com. You can see more, uh, more about what we're about and you can contact us there. Um, of course, uh, we... You know, we're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter, although not very active. I'm not. I'm not. Cool You're not enough, a tweeter uh, at the moment. I'm not a tweet. I'm trying to get there. We'll, we'll get there. It's okay. Um, I, I have a podcast, and I'm sort of like hostile. Like I am. I am hostile to Twitter. I don't tweet nearly yeah. as much as I should, <laughs> uh, to the dismay of some of my producers. So sorry, guys, about that because yeah. I know you're listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I, I try to say I'm, I'm like trying to be a good, you know, father figure and like not be on my phone all the time, but um, I'll blame it on that. But uh, I just, truth is, I'm just like not cool enough at the moment. But um, so, yeah, I think, you know, go, go to equilibri.com and um, of course, I'm happy to, you know, pass out email and phone number and all that stuff if it makes yeah. more, more uh, sense. So listeners, uh, check out equibly.com, connect with Cody on LinkedIn, follow their page. Um, they're doing some really groundbreaking stuff. And I just thank you so much for sharing a, a few, uh, a little bit of time with me this afternoon. Um, best of luck to you. And I'd love to have you back in like, in like some finite period of time to see where, to see where you guys are. I'd love to. Yeah. And thanks for the, thanks for the invite. It's, it's been, it's been great. It's been fun. I'm no longer uh, a newbie to the podcast. That's right. World, you officially have your first podcast under the belt. We have popped Cody's podcast cherry. That's right, Apple. Please don't flag <laughs> me for saying that. Thank you so much. Um, there's a funny story about that awesome. later. Uh, but thank you, listeners, for tuning in again. Thank you, Cody, for joining us. And good luck to you and everyone on your team. Likewise. Thanks so much. <laughs>